The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Hi guys and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, a weekly show about all things Port Adelaide Footy Club. I'm your host, Macca19, and back in the team after a week on the sidelines with knee soreness, Fishing Rick. How are you, buddy? Yeah, good Macca. I was um, going to do an interview today and uh, and I was going to copy the uh, game plan of, of your podcast techniques, but I realised that was steering us in the in the wrong direction and I shouldn't be copying other people and uh, and really I should just be sticking to my own form. What a yeah. spud's. What a spuds, Jack Rewald. Hell, can <laughs> you come out and say that stuff? But God, isn't it entertaining? Richmond, it love it. Absolutely. And joining us on the podcast for the first time, he's one of our long-time posters on the forum. We've got Crazy Big Al. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Thanks, Macca. Yeah, good to be on. All right, uh, let's get into it, mate. Um, let's find out a little bit about your port supporting background and how you became a port supporter. Um, well. I'm. I was born in England, and um, I was born in Newcastle, and they were black and white. And uh, we moved to Australia, and then moved to Port Lincoln, and that's just Magpie Central. So I really had no choice from there. So I became a Magpie supporter, and then when Port Adelaide uh, moved into the big leagues, that's I I stayed with us. So it was good. I thought um, all the Poms followed Central Districts. Going on there. I'm a magpie at heart. I had no choice. So <laughs> good work, good cho- good team choice. Anyway, that was great. That's why. What about your favourite match, mate? Well, I've got a couple. Like um, from a magpie's perspective, um, I can't really go past the '94 Grand Final. Uh, being now with 35 points and then coming back with a pretty pretty big victory. Um, one of my idols and Scotty Hodges just dominating that last quarter. Yep. It's just amazing. So, and then I've got a couple of games from a perspective of um, AFL games. Um, I'd have to say round 22, 2002 against Brisbane to win the McLennan Trophy. Um, that was one of the most epic games that I've ever been at. And then the 2004 preliminary final. Um, that moment where Sean Bergwijn spoilt um, Guerra in that last quarter was just Oh, something that I'll never forget. Great stuff. Great games. Mm. Great games. What about your uh, favourite player? Well, um, Scotty Hodges from the perspective of um, from an SANFL and a um, bit of left field this next one um, from uh, the AFL team. I'd have to say uh, Jared Poulton. He's an ab- he is an absolute gun. And, like, he got every bit of talent out of his body that anyone could ever get. Someone with his talent background, like his physical limitations, etc., and his skills that could get 88 games in a team that was absolutely dominant was something to behold, really. And he just showed me that will and determination will get you so far in life. Have you got a favourite... Jared Poulton moment? Oh, you know what the moment would be there, Rick. Like, I'm, um, le- I'm leading you in, mate. Oh, you're leading me into the Sydney game? 
to um, uh, to uh, win the game after the siren, um, like and then because he was wearing the black armband for his mate. Yes, that would be my favourite Jared Poulton moment. And I remember watching it on the telly, and I was just ecstatic because the bloke is an absolute king. Yeah. yeah. It was a great moment. I remember running down the street in tears, just going, yeah, bloody, bloody ripper, you little ripper bolt. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. What a champion. Yeah, no, just he's had a lot of good moments. But yeah, I nearly missed the plane for that Sydney moment. I was flying back from Portland to Adelaide, and um, I only just made my flight because I wanted to see that. So it was, yeah, really re- resonates with me for um, all my... Holt's love. I've got Guernseys of his signed. I love the bloke. Yeah, good call. Love it. He should be one that they break the rules for, and even though he didn't make hundred games, gets the name on the locker. Yeah, he so because he he went back and played for the Magpies after he got delisted. So yeah, he's just a he's just a Port Adelaide person. So it's great. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's a bit of a Pandora box issue. Would that count? Would that have oh. got him got him names on the locker, Macca? What do you reckon? Well, I'm pretty sure he played 100 games of uh, at the Maggie, so he'd have his name on a locker at Port Adelaide. Mm. Well, that'll be one locker now, wouldn't they? <laughs> one Sorry. club, one locker. Love it. I'm That's not sure exactly how that right. works, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> Look, before we get started on the preview, um, I just wanted to give a very big congratulations to Fleur Hughes. Uh, who won our competition for the two tickets to the locker room for the game on Saturday night. Well done, Fleur. I hope you enjoyed the the, uh, the game. hope you have a fantastic time. And a massive thank you for everyone that got involved um, in helping growing the exposure of the podcast as well. Absolutely. It was great. And you know, I had a very brief chat to Fleur online, and she's a massive Port fan, and uh, she's coming in the office tomorrow at 9.30 to uh, pick up the tickets. So I'll make sure... Uh, I get a uh, I get a photo with her, and um, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll post that up on the the Big Footy Power Facebook page and share it on Twitter. And she's very enthusiastic to go and enjoy the game. So it was great that yeah. And I'm I'm so proud of everyone. There was heaps of people, and you know, and it shows statistic does work because I think Fleur just got in and shared so many times. So. She had so many entries in the draw, so she got the numerical advantage in the end. Good stuff. Yeah. Hey, um, Rick, I just want to be honest from a big footy perspective. Like, no one wants to see a photo of you. I'm sorry. Why? What are you saying? Well, you're not an attractive man, but that's okay. <laughs> have, have you seen a picture of me? Oh, well, I've, that's just the persona that you give online. Rick, well, I've got to say that. Al is uh, definitely speaking the truth here. Macca. <laughs> Guys, that's uh, I'm just shocked that you would say that because I just got commented on today. One of my one of my friends saw me last week and was saying he uh, I've lost so much weight so far that he uh, I felt he felt I was beautiful and wanted to give me a hug. And now I'm just I've been from the highs down to the lows. And plus Macca, I've seen you too, mate. So come True. on, there, body. True. But uh, there, and I guess we should just put in one little plug for New Vision for uh, chucking in the tickets. And Absolutely. we actually offered we actually offered up two tickets to uh, a local basketball club as well, and they raffled them off, and and they got um, seven hundred bucks for the raffles. So wow. between between the podcast and the raffle, it was 
it was a great show, and and I'll, I'll leave. I won't I won't plug Eurovision too much, but it was a good day for my business today. I got the final okay uh, from one of the the mortgage managers. So come July, we'll be actually able to offer um, our own new vision loan. So I'm quite excited by that. There we go. Yeah, Sky's so the limit. We're getting there. Absolutely. Now let's uh, let's get down to business. It's Port versus Hawthorne at Adelaide Oval Saturday night. Um, Win loss record against the Hawks is fifteen twelve. Although Hawthorne's won the last five, and the last time we met, um, it was at Amy Stadium last year, and Hawthorne came away with a forty five point win. Boys, what do you reckon? We confident? Absolutely. It's uh, um, even more so now that uh, Lobie's come back into the side, which I'm sure you're going to bring up in a sec. Yep. Um, but, look, I think 7-1 form team in the competition, why shouldn't we be confident? Not disrespectful, but confident. Yeah, I'd have to agree that we should go in there with um, confidence because we've played um, the other contenders and we've been able to uh, come away with the chocolates then. So... This is just another test for this group. Um, we can only play who we play because there's a lot of naysayers out there saying that we've got them at a good time because of uh, their personnel. But at the end of the day, you only can play who's put in front of you. And I think that we've got, we should have the confidence to take it to them. I don't think it's going to be an easy game because um, any Alistair Clarkson team is never, ever an easy beat. And so they never get smashed. So some certain port supporters are saying that we're going to roll over them. I don't think that's the case. I think it'll be a hard, hard-fought win, but I think that we'll get the chocolates. Come on, man. We're not we're not AFL players. We don't we don't need to roll out the generic lines here. Al. We, um, <laughs> you know, we're going to roll them honestly. And if we don't roll them, we need to take a look at ourselves. Home ground. Rick's confident. I like this. Form team. I am, I'm not going to get too far ahead until later with the tips, but I, I think Macca, you know, Macca, we, we understand he's jittery, a bit of a coward when it comes to backing <laughs> his team against the favourites. We, we already know that, but yeah, I think you, you, you know, experienced big footy campaigner can, can get on board and, and be strong with your resolve, and we don't have to pull out the player lines. Oh, I, I'm not... I'm not... Um, saying that we're not going to win because I think that we will. But I just don't think it's going to be an easy win because no team coached by him um, ever really gets smashed. I can't remember the last time that Hawthorne got convincingly smashed um, in recent memory. I just think they're a really well-coached team and they, they plug and play pretty well. They have got some significant outs and we're playing great football. But um, I just I still think that we'll get the chocolates. Well, look, let's talk about the ins and outs. Uh, as you said before, Rick, uh, Matty Lobie's back in for Brent Renouf, a bit of an obvious one there. Uh, that's the only change we've made. Um, for Hawthorne, three big outs for them with uh, Cyril Rioli, Jared Ruffhead and Josh Gibson out. Uh, Kyle Chaney omitted as well. And three big ins, uh, Luke Hodge, Liam Shields and Brad Sewell back in. And they've brought in a back in, uh, backup ruckman in Jonathan Siegler uh, to help out uh, Ben McAvoy. Uh, so it might mean that David Hale plays the whole game up forward. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? They, I guess they've got to replace Roughhead, don't they? So yep. that's going to give them a forward target of what, Hales and Gunston? Yep. They'll be the two main targets, you would imagine? 
Yep, absolutely. And, and, and tall targets. So you would assume that, uh, what, Trengove would probably have to man up on Hale, wouldn't he, with the, the height differential and Alipati on uh, Gunston, which probably wouldn't be the ideal mix for us. Or would we uh, switch um, Homsch on to uh, Gunston, the more mobile defender, and, uh, and just back Alipati in against Hale and, and let Jackson do his thing? Well, I honestly think, like, I'm looking at the matchups here, and like, um, Alapate is, um, like Bobby is doesn't really have a matchup here. I'm not sure whether yeah. Kenny's going to do it, but I can't see an obvious matchup um, for him at the moment. Like, I just don't see it. I don't know whether you guys um, agree or not, but honestly, from a matchup point of view, not from a form point of view, but from a matchup point of view, I'd be close to like dropping him or putting like making a late change depending on the weather. Outrageous call. <laughs> it's not outrageous. It's, 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 it's not, not really all that outrageous though, because no. personally I would like to see Trengove go on Hale. I think Homsch is the perfect matchup for Gunston. Yep. Um, and that kind of leaves Carlisle out in the cold a little bit. So it really depends what they do, Hawthorne. Um, whether they play McAvoy up forward. We know that uh, McAvoy kicked three goals against Loby last time they played um, last year, uh, whether they throw Siegler up forward. Um, so, yeah, it kind of looks like Carlisle might be a little bit in the cold. So whether we actually do decide to play Carlisle on Hale and choose to play Homsch on someone else, maybe Bruce or someone like that, um, I guess we'll have to wait and see. I, um, I know what you're saying, but um, I guess from my perspective... How I perceive uh, Hinckley, he seems to be a, a more positional coach and res- regardless of the player, that's the person that you play that position, so that's the position you play. So Alipati is our fullback, he plays fullback, whoever the full forward is. That's how I see it. I do agree with what you're saying. Um, Hale could really stretch him there in that position, but I think Hinckley would backing his men to do the job in the beginning. And, I mean, but, yeah, Alipati's stats this year, I think, in the paper this week were, like, I think it was averaging 0.8 a, 0.8 a goal uh, per game or something this year against uh, his opponents. So, I mean, there's all reasons just to play him at full back and uh, back him in against whoever plays full forward. Yeah. I guess the flip side to that is that uh, you, look in, uh, you look at Hawthorne's defensive group and they're playing Schoenmakers and Stratton, and that's it for their their tall defenders. So we might have the opportunity to throw someone like Trengove up forward um, just to see if we can stretch them down back. Mm. Oh, I, I, um, then that might be the possibility. And also, potentially, um, Bobby might come and be the person who's subbed out um, towards the end of the game yep. um, and given us a bit more run because we are a little bit top-heavy. So there are many different facets of the the coin, I suppose, to see what Kenny does. But at the end of the day, in Ken we trust. That's it. Well, look, you, both, you both sound quite confident. Are there any concerns that you guys have about this game? Because I've got a couple. Well, from my perspective, I think that um, the biggest battle is going to be um, the midfield. Like, um, I think if we can um, take... Um, if we can take them in the midfield, I think we'll, we'll go a long way to winning the game. But um, they've still got some class in there. You've got people like um, Burgoyne and Hodge and people like that they will put through the middle. So they still... And they've got someone like Brad Hill 
is an absolute jet. He doesn't get enough kudos for what he does. I think he's fantastic, and I think that he is the danger man, in my opinion, from them. Yes, yeah, a fair call. I think our only trap is if we don't play our game, right? If we play, if we play our game style, um, I'm quite confident that we can take them up to them. And I think we've got to follow the Geelong template a little bit as well, which is do not allow them time and space in their defensive half and defensive 50. Um, Geelong really locked them down, uh, pressurised their kickers, and I think we have the same ability to do that, and we've been playing that game style all year anyway. But to me, Hawthorne are looking like a bit of an ageing side. They've got great name players that have performed many times, um, but to me, they're starting to look a little bit slow in leg speed. I don't think Hodge, who he had a hamstring niggle, is that correct? Uh, yep, I believe so. Yeah. So I can't see them running Hodge through the midfield for the whole game. And I mean, he usually plays more the defensive general. Um, I think he could be exposed uh, with a fast player running off him, being the go-to player. Um, you know, I know he's a very smart and classy player, but I think he could be exposed a little bit there. Um, but if we play our run and carry, our, our fast uh, transitional game plan um, and pressure their defenders, uh, I'm quite confident that we can uh, have the goods and, and do very well. Yeah, that's fair enough. I've got a few concerns about this game, mainly their run from their back line. I think uh, we all know how good our small forwards are. You know, Robbie Gray, Monfries, White, Wingard... They're all bloody good players. They can all kick multiple goals. Um, I think they've got the small defenders, which could uh, cause us some issues there. I think uh, they're all very, very good. You look at Matthew Suckling. You look at Grant Birchall. He's an All-Australian. Uh, Taylor Giray, he's very underrated. Hodge is likely to play back there. Uh, Langford's come in this year and, and done some really good defensive jobs as well. Um, I think they've got the players that could shut down our small forwards and also provide uh, quite a bit of run and creativity from their defensive 50 as well. Um, the other one would probably be their stoppage midfield group of McAvoy, Lewis, uh, Burgoyne, and probably Hodge. Um, you know, they, they can all be very, very damaging. Um, getting the ball on the outside to the likes of uh, Hill and Smith. Um, we all know how good Burgoyne is um, in those uh, uh, stoppage situations. And Lewis as well, he's very, very good. And I thought McAvoy worked uh, Lobie over last year in that St Kilda game um, away from home. Um, the other thing would be their pace in their midfield. You know, Burgoyne, Hill and Smith, that's a bloody quick uh, trio right there. Yeah, but we've got the goods um, oh, to play on them. Mm. You know, we look, yeah, you're right. You can't be disrespectful um, and you can't allow them run. And that's where it comes back to. We've got to play our game plan, doesn't it? Well, look, we've, heard, we, we've heard the reasons why Hawthorne might trouble us. Um, why are we going to win this game? I'll start with you on this one. Um, well, I just think that our run and carry. I think that we have the ability to um, take the ball on, bullet a gate, and just we're just vermin with our pace and our pressure. And I, Hawthorne are a team that are now methodical. They hold on to the ball, and I just think that we will counteract that by just not giving them the time and space, and we're just going to run and carry through the middle and um, put our foot to their throat. I honestly think that that's how we're going to win, by just sticking to our game plan and not letting them dictate terms. Yeah, I'm with him, man. I, uh, I agree. Look, I'm, and it's not even about um, their players that they've got out. 
Um, they've replaced him with a couple of good players or very good players as well. But um, it's yeah, it's it's not just about their out players, which is going to um, generate a win for us, in my opinion. Um, and I agree completely with what Al's saying. For me, it's it's our our speed. Where I just I just look at the two sides, and as I said earlier, we're just a lot faster. And we're very crisp with our disposal. You know, when you think of where we've come from two years ago, where our disposal was horrendous, and I was only mentioning this yesterday to a fellow Port supporter and just saying how fast how transition has become with the disposal and how how pure we are now. And uh, and my friend's comment was clinical. Um, you know, so when you can mix um, clinical. Um, disposal with fast movement and transition of the ball with defensive pressure, it becomes a very, very hard um, game plan to beat. And unless, and as I go back to my earlier comment, unless we do a, a rewalt and try to copy someone else's game plan um, for the purpose of the exercise of trying to beat an opponent and we hold our own, um, we'll be fine. Brilliant. I like it. Yeah, for me, it's uh, it's going to come down to the midfield. I think I think we've got the midfielders and the star power uh, to really match it with them and probably defeat them as well. I think we've got the speed to go with theirs. We've definitely got the physicality. You look at guys like uh, like Polek and White um, and Mitchell and Harlow, They're going to cause them some issues. Um, I think we've got far too many options up forward, um, and I don't think Hawthorne are going to be able to stop them all. Um, you know, Schultz on Sean Makers, that'll be a, a pretty tasty matchup for us, I think. Um, and I think our defenders, you know, they've just proven they can take on anyone and everyone this year. And I think they'll show it again this weekend as well. I agree. So a yeah. couple of matchups. Um, who's going to go on Luke Bruce? That's been one of the uh, the sort of talking points on the forum this week is whether Impey's going to go on onto him or maybe someone like Pittard or Broadbent instead. Is, is Bruce one of those guys that just plays taller than what he is or is he actually a relatively tall player does anyone a, know i think he's about 185 so, so, so he, 185. Does play, he does play taller than he is so he's pretty yeah. tiny so yep he uh, i call i just call him number 22 because every time he plays us he kills us <laughs> so um he always plays well against us though and he's a great player and while well, he's their um, leading goal scorer for the season, isn't he? 22 goals, I think. Yep. Um, yeah, so look. I'd, and but leading I'd goal be, assist player as well. I'd be backing in him, Pete, to be honest. I, I think, you know, he's taken the big job so far. And MP's not a small player. Yep. Um, so, you know, and he's got the speed. And, he, and what he did with Ballantyne with the accountability, um, why not? Let's give him first crack and back him in. He's done it nearly every game so far. So... Why not go with that? I think that's a good call, Macca. Yeah, I agree. Um, Impy would be a good choice, and we've got a couple of other options if it doesn't work. Um, Ken doesn't usually let it go too long if it's not really working, but um, I think he's a perfect choice, giving first crack at the cherry, and then if um, need be, we can rotate somebody through. It's, at the end of the day, our team isn't all about individual. It's all about team defence and helping each other out. So I don't have an issue with Bruce. I think that we'll be uh, able to control him to, um, on Saturday. Yep. Got to agree with that one. Who does Kane Corns go to? Do we see him going on someone like Burgoyne? Or will he be too quick for him? Or maybe go on uh, someone like Jordan Lewis instead? I was thinking maybe um, Saul, myself. 
Um, Saw always seems to do well against us. I mean, Kay Mitchell would have been the uh, natural selection for me. Um, but, yeah, I'd, uh, I'd probably go... I know it's uh, Saul's game back, but uh, so we don't know how he, how, what sort of form he's in. But, uh, yeah, I'd probably send him there, to be honest. Okay. I'm not sure that um, Kane really needs a match-up. Like, it seems that certain weeks um, uh, Kenny will give him a job, but I don't see him needing to shut down. The, the player that they, we need to shut down the most is... Um, I think, is uh, either Smith or um, Hill, but he doesn't have the pace to go with them. So yep. I'm not sure he has actually a shutdown role um, this week. Okay, that's a fair call. Who do we see Whitey going to then? Do we see him going on uh, on Hill or maybe Smith instead? Take your pick, I reckon. Yeah, do you, yeah, I guess do you think he's going to play more of a defensive role this week? Because he's been far more attacking than... Uh, uh, in the last maybe month um, than he was at the start of the year? Yeah, look, I think, again, I'm going back to let's back in our game plan, to be honest. I, I think if I, if, I, if I was Ken Hinckley, I would probably, uh, you know, match him up on a Smith or a Hill, but let him play his own, own game. Yep. And, you know, if one of those players really starts to get hot, well, then you'd probably say, look, we need you to start locking down on this guy a bit more. And uh, and then go from there. Uh, yep. But that's how that's how I'd approach it, and um, be interesting to see how it pans out. And the, I guess the the other one is um, which a bit of a segue for ours comment on both your question and this one would be: Would you guys also look at maybe Cassisi uh, on Hodge to sort of lock him down in that defensive uh, fifty as well? I reckon that would be like from a defensive fifty. Um, if he's playing in that halfback flank, I'd put Cassisi on him just like he was. Um, back in the day when he was playing on Ozzy Jones and kicking four goals down at Tasmania. Well, what do you reckon, Macca? Would you worry sure. about ma- matching up hard on Hodge or just let him go to start with? Well, I wouldn't be surprised to see Corns go to Hodge, but it really depends on what sort of role Hodge is going to play, um, whether he does play more of a midfield or whether he does sort of patrol that half-back line. If he does patrol the half-back line, um, I'm thinking maybe someone like uh, Monfries might go with him. Do you, um, well, is there even a chance that Hodge might not even play? I mean, some of the Hawthorne supporters was on their forum were saying they still didn't think he'd play because it's only three weeks and a four-week injury. So mm. could there be a few little games going on here and uh, maybe it might be a late withdrawal? Well, possibly. I think they'll probably bring Chaney with them. There is a chance that Cassisi might play on Bruce as well and we throw Impy on someone like Puapolo or Hill if he starts forward. I don't know. I don't know about that one. Would you be comfortable with that move? I think um, defensively Dom's been okay this year. Mm. He gives you a couple it's, of it's um, just we bombs to, moments. Yeah, absolutely. We, we just need to handball him the ball in the first minute and say just kick it to an opponent, get it over mm. and done with you know, straight, up, straight off the bat. Really, you mentioned Burgoyne, you mentioned Bruce, you mentioned Pupolo, you've mentioned Hill, you mentioned Smith. We've been talking about our pace. They've still got some pace, pacey players in their team, don't they? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they do. So, yeah, when you think about, I mean, and I mean, uh, now I'm starting to sound like I'm contradicting myself because I thought I, earlier I was saying I thought they were a bit slow in the legs, and I still do. Like maybe it's their game style that makes it look like it, but. You know, yeah, they've got a bit. Of, they've got a few players there that you're going to have to be a little bit accountable and and respect as well. But maybe with their 
short, chippy game plan and, and possession style, um, the narrower Adelaide Oval might come into play for us as well. It might be a bit more difficult for them uh, to work ball into space to try and transition and get around us also. And what was the rumour that we saw with, from the guys that went to training on Wednesday? I thought someone said Polak didn't train on Wednesday. Was that true or is there maybe a potential Polak concern? Well, you've just given my heart a flutter with such comments. I'm not aware oh, of really? this. Um, this is you quite... didn't see it? No, no, no. Thimbar and um, a couple others were... I swear I saw a comment on the uh, on the forum in that on the Wednesday open session where they, they said Pollock didn't train. And then I saw a Hawthorne supporter today come in and ask if that was true or if he did train, but then I got caught up with work, so I didn't get to catch the, uh, the flow of that conversation. But um, there was he'd definitely be talk that he didn't train. Um, whether that was verified or not, I'm not too sure. Mm, well, that'd be a massive out for us if uh, if he was out. Who are the emergencies for the game? Uh, Stuart, Stuart Newton and Need as well. So Stuart Newton Need. Yep. Mm, none of them you'd say would be a, a sort of a Pollock replacement, would they? Well, Stuart's Stuart's got the form playing up on the field and the pace. Um, yeah, that, that would be my pick for someone to come in, I think. Yeah, well, fingers crossed that I'm wrong anyway. Because mm. he'd be a massive out for us. He would, he would. <clears throat> well, on, on the um, Fox teams tonight, I think they had a, um, like, their interim uh, team of the year so far, and Pollock had a gig on the wing. So, I mean, if they're taking recognition of that on uh, the national media... Uh, you know, he must be doing all right. Yep. Oh, he's had a super year. Absolutely. Definitely. Well, look, let's get on to our big four, which is the big four questions we ask at the end of all these previews. Um, the first question is, whose time is it to stand up? Al, you're the guest on this evening. I'll start with you, mate. Well, I think um, this week... The person to time to stand up um, is Jay Schultz. I honestly think that he can like take the game by the scruff of the neck, especially with their um, back six being in turmoil, not settled, um, and having a, their, their key position um, starting 18 um, out. He needs to be able to take that and, um, and really put his foot to their throat and really take advantage of the opportunity that he has this week. Yep. Westhoff, been a little bit down, coming in against a smaller defence. I think this is his opportunity. So I'm, I'm close with our here. We're both picking uh, forward line targets. Last time I, I picked Wingard and he stood up for me. I'm asking for um, uh, Westy to get back to a bit more stronger form and really dominate that forward line and get on the scoreboard for us. And he's such a link-up player for us as well. So we really need his uh, his forward-line targets this week. Well, look, you've both gone for forwards. I'm going to say our defence. It's our defence's time to stand up. Um, you know, they've had such a fantastic year to date. Uh, but coming up against the forward line with a lot of very quick and skillful players, I think it's going to be a very big test for them. Um, yes, they're missing Roughhead and Rioli, and that's that's fantastic for us. Uh, but Gunston's going to be a very, very tough matchup. He's, you know, very quick on the lead. Um, Brewster's a tough matchup. You know, he's very, very slippery and can kick a goal and uh, and find others as well. Uh, Puopolo's kicked a bag against us before. So has uh, David Hale. 
Um, you know, they can score goals very, very quickly. Um, I really want to see Homsch go to Gunston. I think he's the perfect matchup there. Love to see Trengove go to Hale. Um, and I really, really want to see Impey get the job on Bruce and, and uh, back him in for that one. Nice work. Team D. That's it. Rick, who's the danger man, mate? I'm going to take a, a nice, obvious one here. My mate, number 22. Right, the last three years, Bruce, every time, he's always kicking goals against us. And I'm always going, Tyler, who's that number 22? And it's, uh, I always forget who he is, and I don't know why. And, uh, and it comes back to your team, D, as well. Leading goal scorer, uh, leading goal assister. Um, you know, if Impey can shut him down with Roughhead out, Rioli out, maybe a little bit of lack of defensive drive, that should take us a long way to the win. Beautiful. Al, what about you, mate? Well, it's a toss-up. It's basically, I'd have to say, Isaac Smith. Um, I just think that um, his pace and his ability to um, run and carry, unless we can make sure that he doesn't get that time and space, um, he could really, um, like, rip us apart. But I honestly think that um, someone like Polak will run on the other side of him. Like, if they match up against each other, the Polek will still nullify his influence. But yep. if um, we let him get off the chain and don't assist our back um, with that team defence, he could really um, cause problems for us uh, on the weekend. Yep. Agree with that one. I'm going to go with another midfielder as well. Uh, we know him very, very well. I'm going to go with Sean Burgoyne as my danger man. Boo! <laughs> Boo! He's such Judas. a... Mate, you should love him, Rick. What are you on about? We got Jasper because of this. I know it's great, isn't it? <laughs> you should be applauding. And should we be? Should it, should the crowd be booing Burgoyne? Oh, no, I think no. I don't think they will anymore. But should they? No, I don't think so. At the end of the day, and this is one point that I've always had, is that you get booed. What was that? Oh, cut out in the middle. Now, if you change jobs, like you go from one employer to another employer, like, um, is it fair that you then get abused? I understand it's more emotive, but um, I suppose I've known Sean for many years coming from Port Lincoln, and when I asked him the same question, he put that to me, and it shut me down straight away, and I've never booed him. I think, well, it's your life and your business, you know what I mean? And we got, he wanted us to get compensated, and I think we got compensated quite well. Absolutely. Yeah, but uh, football's not a normal business. There's a, mo- a lot of emotion in footy. Um, yeah. But look, I, I don't think Sean should be booed because he did his time with us and uh, and he worked hard and he, he gave, helped. You know, well, if it wasn't for him, like you commented earlier, um, we might not have been in the 04 grand final. You know, So he bled for us. And, I mean, whatever the rumours are, it doesn't really matter. He, he did his time and wanted an opportunity. And like Macca said... Um, you know, we got two good picks um, from him leaving, and I think he might have had something to do with that. So, yeah. you know, it's the same as Daniel Pierce. You know, he, same thing. Troy Chaplin, different story. Ben Jacobs, different story. Nick Stevens, different story. Happy for them to be booed. But, yeah, I thought the other guys, you know, so hopefully we don't boo him too much anyway. That's it. Well, look, he's my danger man. He's such a damaging player. Looks like he's finally pulled his finger out of his ass and, and is matching somewhat near his best form as what he had at Port Adelaide in his best years in 06 and 07 there. 
Yeah, he's coasted for a little while, playing a bit of a role um, on a back flank. Um, but he's moved back into the midfield this year. He's getting more of the ball than he has before. More clearances, more inside 50s, uh, more contested uh, possessions, more goal assists than he has before in his time at Hawthorne. Um, it's hard to know whether we're going to play a bit of a defensive role on him um, or whether we have someone like Ebert go up against him or maybe Hartlett as well. Um, but look, he's my danger man. If he gets uh, if he gets off the leash a little bit, um, we might be in a bit of trouble. Absolutely, you can't can't let him run free. That's for sure. Yep. Uh, Al, uh, key to winning. What's it going to be? Um, I think it's the midfield battle, as I stated earlier. The midfield is where it's going to be won and lost. If we can win the midfield battle, um, I think it'll go a long way to um, to winning the game. Um, yeah, that's my view. Um, and a lot of the time in most games, if you win the midfield battle, as a general rule, you'll win the game. But I think it's pretty critical this week. Yep. Rick? Forward defensive pressure for me, Macca. Um, let's not let them uh, get those nice, easy transitional kicks out of the defence. Let's really make them try and do long transitional kicks. Let's really pressure those kicks. Um, as I said earlier as well, Geelong was fantastic. I think they had them around what under 50% defi- um, efficiency in that game, you know, just by close pressure on those um, defenders and hopefully our forwards. And we've got good enough forwards to do it. So as long as they've got the hot... Like, the great work ethic, we should be fine. Yeah. Love it. For me, it's uh, be aggressive. That's my key to winning. I think we've got to attack the ball, attack the opposition. If we bring that fanatical sort of tackling and aggression that we saw against Frio and Geelong, you know, choke their midfield space, block their runners, um, block their pace, it should really open the game for up. Uh, sorry. It should really open the game up for us quite a bit, I think. Um, you know, they're limping here with an injury-riddled side. I think it's time to put the foot on the throat and really finish them off. Yeah, it's interesting you say that, Macca, because obviously I couldn't get into the Frio game and watch the replay on the TV and uh, the commentators said that it's almost like when an opposition team scores two goals, Port LA just runs and just guns forward aggressively even harder. And, you know, I think, yeah, spot on the money. Let's just be aggressive and let's just take it right to them. That's it. Well, look, let's put our balls on the line. Who's going to win? Rick, <laughs> what's your prediction, mate? I just know what yours is going to be already after pre- after the rest of this year. So let's. Uh, <laughs> I'm willing to put my balls on the line, though, Macca, and I'm yeah. I'm saying Hawthorne by forty, uh, Port Adelaide by forty five points. That's the way. Was that a Freudian slip there, Rick? No. <laughs> I was uh, trying to make forty five points. That's a big. 45 points. Big. Love it. Are you going to put money at the tab on that? You're uh, so fervently, um, like, you're, you're so steadfast in your view that you'd be willing to put uh, your money where your mouth is, Rick? I I called it a week and a half ago that we'd beaten by 45 points. I'll stick to it. And I'm still the only expert tipper on this podcast to pick the exact margin this year. So... Um, to answer your question, I don't even have a betting account and I don't even have time to get to a bet. But if I can, I'll um, I'll put 20 bucks on it and I'll if I win, I'll donate it to the food bank. Good stuff. Al, what nice about you, mate? What's your prediction? Well, um, uh, about 20 points. 
I just said just over that three goal margin. I think that uh, we're not going to put them to the sword by like seven goals, um, like uh, Nostradamus Rick over here. But um, I, I think about twenty points. I think uh, three goals is the kind of margin that we'll be looking at because. They're still a really good defensive team, but I think we've got them on all lines. We should be able to get that win in, yeah, three and a half goals. That's it. Love it. Well, look, I think uh, if we're going to beat them, this is as good a chance as we're going to get. Um, you know, they're under man. We've, we're absolutely flying at the moment. Um, it's going to be in front of a sellout crowd. I really hope there's more than 50,000 people there. I think we can and we absolutely should win this game. It's not going to be easy. Um, but I'm thinking if Paul can get on top early, and I think we can, we should be able to stay in front and uh, and lead all day and win. Um, so in saying that, my tip, Hawthorne by 27 points. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. Uh, <laughs> hey, you're all right. I won't say anything this week. <laughs> That's all right. Hawks, Hawks by 27. That's my pick. <laughs> I know really that's you meaning Port by 27, but you don't want to jinx us. Not at all. I don't know what you mean, Rick. <laughs> hey, should we quickly just mention, um, and you guys might have been able to pay a bit more attention to this than me, but is this true that what was the outcome from that showdown game? Is that rumour that Port only made 35 grand? Correct, or is there a bit of a furphy going on here? Yeah, I'm not sure, but um, don't ruin my um, my hate, all right? Because I've got that for my hate, Rick. Don't ruin my segue. We don't do a love and hate in this show, man. Don't we? No, not the no. previews. <laughs> oh, you, you, so you, you can hate you're killing away. Me. <laughs> you're killing me. Hey, oh, hey, oh no. Hey. You obviously don't listen to this podcast because we do that right at the beginning. Go, go on, well, go on out, do a love and hate. Yeah, focus on the hate. My hate is the um, the stadium deal. If we only got thirty five thousand for that Crows game and um, for the showdown, and well, that's a bloody disgrace because we had over fifty thousand people there, and there was beer flowing, and we. Got what a hundred thousand dollars for the Carlton game at Amy Stadium? This is an absolute travesty, if correct. Us paying eighteen thousand dollars for cleaning, please. That I'm, was um, just, that was actually an absolute disgrace. I think that was actually traffic management. Yeah, the eighteen grand. Oh really? That's yeah. even worse. And MCG, the the charge is uh, one thousand. Well, that's going out. Cost for God's sake. Yeah. Who knows? But what? It, so, did you read any of that, Macker, or have you been too busy as well? Well, it's only come from Rucci, so you, you never know if it's um, if it's going to be absolutely genuine or not. But yeah, apparently we've made less than about fifty grand for the showdown, and from what he also said, the Crows uh, are only expecting to break even from the Collingwood game where they got over fifty thousand. So it could be one of those situations where. Look, we know that we don't get any money at all from catering or porridge. Um, so buying beers, buying food at the ground isn't going to do anything. Um, it's all all the money we get is from sort of uh, season tickets, um, memberships, three day, uh, sorry, three game members, um, and advertising and corporates. That's where we get all our money. So maybe it's a case of, um, you know, all our money 
uh, all our revenue comes from the memberships and on game days we're just not going to make enough money. Yeah, well, that's what I posted too. I mean, is there a little bit of a play with numbers here because, um, you know, are we making more money with the corporate revenue? Because we know there's more corporate facilities that the club can actually make money from the ground now and maybe that's excluded from um, the uh, the returns of Adelaide Oval. I don't know, but, I mean, to think that you pack it out and have a sold-out game and uh, and you only make you know, 50 grand even just seems not right to me. Um, yeah, and maybe maybe someone's just did a slow leak to Rucci just to put a bit of preliminary pressure on because I think the SMA and the AFL are supposed to be ma- meeting in May, June, I think, aren't they? So, um, you know, maybe get a bit of early heat uh, subtly in the me- media just to uh, put, put the clamps down. But we know there is a bit of, seems to be a bit of padding in the budget and a bit of wastage going on. Uh, with the SMA, with a few costing buyouts, so yep. interesting times. Indeed. Well, look, let's uh, let's go on to our SANFL preview. We're playing North Adelaide at Saturday um, at Prospect Oval. Uh, we've got a 174 to 87, uh, to 87 win loss record. Um, North's won the last, uh, sorry, seven of the last ten games and four of the last five at Prospect. Um, now, look, there's three ins this week. Uh, we've got Brent Renouf coming in, um, young Ben Salford for his first SANFL game this year as well. Uh, but the one I'm really, really interested in is uh, Mason Shaw for his first game for the year. That's fantastic, isn't it? I mean... We've been crying for another forward. We're waiting for Butch to hit some form. Mason Shaw coming in will take a little bit more heat off of Butch too. Another tall forward down there. Uh, but I've got to say, I'm very, very disappointed that Maury got a game and that he's out. He's been he's been running red-hot form like a lot of the boys and I thought he was very unlucky because I didn't see a two-action tackle there. It was just a one-motion tackle. I mean, maybe he was a little bit aggressive with the, that little shove while the player was on the ground, but I don't know what you guys thought, but, you know, and more will be a bit of a loss for us. Oh, absolutely. He's been in lightning form, you know. Um, maybe it deserved a game. The fact that they gave him three games for it um, and then got down to one with discounts is ludicrous. Oh, it's an absolute travesty. Like, I looked at that and I thought, oh, that's just a tough tackle. Um, in this day and age of protecting the player's head, maybe a game down to a reprimand type situation. To see that it gets three games is disgraceful, really. And it means that the SANFL um, tribunal system needs to be looked at because I don't see that as a three-game sanction um, incident, in my opinion. So, yeah. But do you really think it was worth a game, Macca? Oh, it's on the borderline, I think. Was he? Do you think maybe he didn't take enough due care to I think protect d- the player? Yeah, look, he dumped his head into the turf. And I think if you're going to do that, you know you're going to be in a little bit of trouble. So, yeah, for me, it's on the borderline of, you know, mm. just a game or just a reprimand sort of thing. Yeah. He would have had, he would have had pretty good behaviour, though. I don't, I don't think he's been reported before, has he? No, I don't no. think so. No, that's why yeah, I got the a... discounts down to one. Otherwise, it would have been three games. Yeah, and I think I think that interpretation, what you said, would have been a lot more fairer. You know, one game, look, you got to look after the person you're tackling. 
Yeah. Um, but you know, with your good behaviour, we'll give you a, a point reprimand. I think that that I would have agreed with, and that would have been a fair outcome. But um, yeah, to lose games, so that's very disappointing for Maury, and hopefully that doesn't uh, break his form and break the way he's been playing. No, that's right. That's it. Now Mason Shaw's actually been named at centre half back. I'm not really expecting him to play there. Um, how do you think a three pronged forward line of uh, Mason Shaw, John Butcher, and Mitch Harvey is going to go? I reckon that would go pretty well. I'm, I'm sure most SANFL sides would like to have a, a forward structure like that. Young, big players, um, potential. Um, yeah, I mean, that'd be great. I mean, what Brueggemann's been playing forward too, hasn't he? So maybe, yeah. maybe that's why they they've just listed him at uh, centre half back. But I'd be, I'd be really hoping that he'd be playing 80% game time because that's what we're screaming out for at the moment, isn't it? A um, a, uh, a forward, and so we the forwards we do have the list. Um, we need to develop them and develop them pretty quickly. So, yeah. I mean, from a North Adelaide perspective, it's pretty hard to match up on. And, and like I said earlier, that's just going to help John Butcher a little bit more. And uh, you know, he had a good game last week from all accounts, and you know, he's been stringing a few performances together. And I reckon if he can get a few more, I'm sure the coaching staff of the seniors would like to get Butcher back in the side. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think that potentially Mason Shaw may be playing at some uh, back only for the um, purpose that they actually might be trying to teach him something from playing in the back lines, being able to read the play, etc. Like just giving him a different perspective as part of his growth and development as a football player. So that could be the the situation. But if he does go forward, we've got to think that Mitch Harvey is also pinch hitting at that second ruck position. So he may go into the forward lines when um, uh, Mitch Harvey goes into the ruck to give uh, Renouf a chop out. Yep, that's a fair call. So what about the um, the midfielders, Macca, or anyone you're looking for? Uh, to stand up this week, really to be pushing hard for senior selection again? Well, look, I think uh, just the usual suspects, really. I mean, I think Benny Newton, um, Jakey Need, Paul Stewart, they're all going to be around the mark and pushing for selection still. Um, I want to see Carl Amon have another really good game. He's played a couple in a row now, which is great. Uh, Darcy Byrne-Jones, he's another one that's uh, really coming into some pretty good form. Um, And, of course, I want to see Flinney again um, and see what he can do. Ah, uh, done. <laughs> I'll take that. All right, Al, thank you very much for coming on for your first time on the podcast. It was brilliant to talk about Port Adelaide with you. Oh, thanks very much for having me, guys, and uh, I look forward to um, uh, hearing the podcast in the future and listening to Rick Dribble Shit, so it's good. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I, um, That's a bit harsh. Oh, I thought they were sophisticated opinions. All right, gentlemen. Rick, it was uh, great to have you back, buddy. Pleasure, as always. That's it. Go the power. Go the power. Go the power. Black. Black.